0: Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kimisha Lucier, your host, and as always, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful to the Lord Most High for you and to be a part of your life and your walk with Jesus Christ. My beloved is here, and we are both grateful for you and excited to get in the word with you today. Amen. Amen. Welcome,
1: honey. Well, thank you, honey, honey.
0: You're Welcome. So today's episode, we are continuing our um, study on the prophetic declarations of Jesus's mission in the earth. So um, before we get started, let's let's pray for the listeners and for ourselves and just for the will and the presence of the Lord to be um, the will of the Lord to be made known and manifest and his presence to be with us. Honey, do you want to pray today? Sure. Okay.
1: Only Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you Mm -hmm. are.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Our Lord, our God. Thank you, Lord. And that we're your people. Yes, sir. We thank you that you're our creator. Mm -hmm. And we absolutely thank you for the love that you are and that you have shown each and every person on this earth that's ever been on the face of this earth. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are grateful for you and for the grace that you've given us, yes, that we can exalt be called you. your sons and daughters. Exalt
0: you.
1: Exalt you. And Lord, we thank you for Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. who you sent to teach us, to lead us, to guide us in all truth. Thank you. And your word is truth. Mm-hmm. So we thank you for the revelation that you have already given you, and that we are going to discuss you, here in this episode. And we thank you for sending your angels to minister thank to you, On our behalf and on behalf of those that are listening, that they too can receive the revelation and that it would impact their life, that we could down into the depths of their spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Lord. That they would be made complete, whole, blameless, and spotless, as you desired and intended for us to be. In the name of Jesus.
0: In Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, we just bind the spirit of deception. Amen. That would attempt to steal, blind the minds of the people, steal from them the wisdom and the word of the Lord, and destroy your work in their lives. We just bind that right now in Jesus' almighty name, and we cast it out. And we just loose you, Holy Spirit, to come into this situation. Come into their lives. Come into and fill up their minds their spirits their souls their bodies and their homes with your presence Amen. and we ask you just to release your truth so that they be made free right now in your almighty name, Lord Jesus, and that the knowledge of your will for them and the understanding of who you are and what you've called them to be and where, where you've called them to be and what you have for them to know and understand and to walk in would be made clearly and evidently known to them, Lord. I thank you for revitalizing their physical bodies. I thank you for invigorating their, their flesh, their physical bodies, Lord God, with the life that is in you, Jesus Christ, and the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in them, Lord. And we just thank you for that. And if they haven't received you yet, Lord, just right now, call on the name of Jesus, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and he will be with you and in you. In Jesus almighty name, Lord, I thank you that it's so Lord and you manifested right now, Lord, in Jesus almighty name. Amen. 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 Well, okay, here we go. Our springboard scripture that we're going to get started with is a review from last week, but we're going to go back to Genesis, and we're going to look at um, chapter two, verse twenty-four. Will you read that for us, darling?
1: Absolutely. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh.
0: Amen. So we talked about last week that this is actually talking about. Jesus's, um, mission, what he was going to do. The scriptures call Jesus, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So when you look at this scripture, it's talking about the last Adam leaving his heavenly father, coming into the natural and leaving his home, um, which would be heaven, the spiritual arena, but heaven in particular, and putting on flesh to redeem his wife, to be joined to us. Um, the bride of Christ and we are a portion of the bride, but not the entirety of it, but also in the shedding of his blood would reunite the heavenly community and they shall become one flesh. That's us being reunited with him, but also all of the heavenly community being restored and, um, made pure again before God and and sealed up and closed so that we can enjoy eternity with God as our God and we as his people and never again to be interrupted and parted by sin as we once were in the beginning. So now we're going to take a look at Ephesians chapter five. And I just want to tell you, put on your love hat, put on your love walk, because this is going to disrupt a lot of religious traditions, long (laughs) held, closely held, favorited religious traditions. But we know that with God, he is concerned about truth, his truth, not the way we think things should be or want them to be or hope them to be or imagine them to be or somebody told us they were. None of those things matter and none of those things stand. Only what God said, what his intention was and what he meant is the reality and the truth of God will it stands the test of time. Religious tradition does not. So if I'm knocking over your quote-unquote sacred cows, if I'm knocking over your religious traditions, go ahead and forgive me now and thank the Lord and let the Holy Spirit walk you through this and receive it um, in the peace of God and in the love of Jesus Christ, because that's absolutely how it is intended and meant and being delivered to you now. So... I just want to give you a little bit of time to prepare so we can (laughs) get into the word and and walk in love with one another. So, Ephesians 5, we're going to look at verses 31 through 32 right here. And would you go ahead and read that for us, darling?
1: Sure thing, honey. It says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great but I am speaking with a rev- reference to Christ and the church.
0: Amen. So a lot of times when we've been, we've looked at the scripture, we didn't necessarily have an accurate application of it. And when you hold humans as the center of God's focus, you think this is talking about, oh, oh, you're just talking about marriage. And, you know, even though this, it doesn't hold true from beginning to end, we're just going to say it, it, pertains to a natural marriage and dismiss the other part of it, that Adam was actually prophesying in the beginning about the last Adam who mm-hmm. would come and correct all things and bring restoration. Um, we've missed that part of it. Honey, you had something that you wanted to say there?
1: Well, well yeah. Um, as you, just to build off of what you were saying, the Lord is coming for his bride, right? Mm-hmm. And if we really look at Ephesians 5, it really starts in verse 22. Mm-hmm. We, well, I'll say it in this way. The Lord, through Paul, addresses marriage. And there's two, uh, if you will, dual meaning. And by that, I mean he's speaking in the context of, as you were saying, natural marriage. What we, here on the earth, understand marriage to be. But what he's really speaking about, and that's why Paul is going back and referencing what was written in Genesis, you know, by Moses concerning the first Adam and his prophetic declaration about Jesus being the last Adam and his mission on the earth, redeeming his bride, coming for his bride, Mm -hmm. which is us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right, males and females. We are the bride of Christ's body, the church, his bride. So you see him put things in order in this... In this section of scripture, where we can see, well, and just in the order he addresses it. He's speaking to the wives first, not about the natural wives, but about us as the bride of Christ coming into alignment, not trying to usurp and go around and put ourselves above the bridegroom being Christ, the last Adam. mm mm-hmm. So that's why you see here, he's putting, the Lord is through Paul, putting things in the divine order. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for us to to know and understand as, you know, people go out and study this section of scripture just so they can get under a, a deeper understanding of the Lord, his love for us, and again, what his mission is on, on the earth or was on the earth.
0: Amen. Amen. So the great mystery is Christ's relationship with the church and what he would do through his own sacrifice and his own blood to cleanse us and restore us. So let's let's look at this and understand that this scripture it does not apply to just be blanketly applied to an earthly marriage because it just doesn't hold up when when you examine it that way and it doesn't stand the test of time in the scriptures where the the word of god says that his word does not return to him void and if this were to be pertaining to natural marriage birth both in genesis as the target of it there is a dual reference that Mm -hmm. can apply but only in certain circumstances but um dual means just two or double but the heart of it is because that man is not the focus of God's mission in the earth. That's not what he's primarily focused on. Mm-hmm. As the object of all things, he's working his own mission. So when you look at it in those terms, it's easy to understand. He's talking about Christ and how Christ would sac- put on, leave everything that he have had. Um, and he did not... Look at the relationship or his deity as something to be grasped Mm -hmm. or his equality with God. He didn't grasp and hang on to it as though he were being robbed of his rightful position. He didn't envy God or be jealous, but he humbled himself, put on flesh like a man and obeyed God, the father, even unto the point of death to shed his pure, righteous and holy blood so that anyone who that who would receive him would have an opportunity for reconciliation. Because all were born under sin because of what Adam did, except for Jesus. But he did have human flesh like we do. So when we look at that, and then we zoom out to look at verses 25 through 27 of Ephesians 5 when it talks about husbands love your wife, just as Christ loved the church, even though it's stated in the the order of husbands speaking to the natural first, he's really talking to the spiritual element, and like you said, making a connection with the natural. He's speaking to the spiritual, making a connection with the natural. Amen. And then he says, and um, let's see, I'll finish reading that verse, husbands love your wife, Wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. When we look at Revelation, right, and we read through um let's see if you start reading the end of chapter 20 and then you read through, um, let's see all the way to chapter 22. Oh gosh. You could go through, um, probably down to verse seven of chapter 22. You're going to see some interesting things. So in the previous mindset that we had as man humanity being the center focus of god's objective then the the mind would say christ is coming to protect marriage and the reference here listed in the scriptures the the spiritual component is the second part of it it's a an off kind of a A pontification or a pondering, as Dean would call it, pontificating, um, or thinking of, reminiscing of, oh, yeah, yeah, this is kind of a side note. But actually, the spiritual is the core thing, because the spiritual is what's going to endure. Right?
1: Amen, yes. Spiritual always manifests for, well, spiritual, and then the manifestation in the natural.
0: That's right. It happens in the spirit realm, and then it shows up in the natural. So... When we read this now, we flip it over the way that it's designed to be. We see that Christ, because he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, it's talking about him and what he does for us. And just mm. a couple of points to to clarify that in your mind. Um, me as a wife, my love, you can't keep me from sinning.
1: It's an impossibility. You Nor can, can you keep me.
0: <laughs> exactly. But you, if you died on my behalf, I would not be then made whole. I would not be cleansed. I would not be closer to God. I would have no other benefit. I would actually be at a loss.
1: There's an impossibility for me to do, to fulfill that, or for anyone to fulfill that, except the Lord.
0: Amen. Amen. Um, Only Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the life, John Mm -hmm. tells us. Um, And no one comes unto the Father except through him. But additional points to understand is is there divorce? Remember the scripture says, and the two shall become one flesh. Is there divorce in the natural?
1: Yes. In the natural there is, yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, and lots of it, even amongst Christians. And just because we are violating the word of God doesn't make the word of God not true. It's just when we're talking about what the Lord is declaring, his word stands from beginning to end because Isaiah tells us his word does not return to him void. Mm -hmm. So, not just, and and there is a double reference here, which um, the Messiah talks about in his natural ministry in Matthew chapter 19, um, verses 4 through 6 and Mark 10, verses 5 through 12. But he's not just talking about any kind of marriage. Um, the only well, kind of well, marriage.
1: We, so the double reference, think back to the, the first lab when we folded that paper mm-hmm. all in half all those times, right? Mm-hmm. It's about speaking to multiple planes, or it would be the best just for the listeners to understand fully what we're talking about in the double reference. Absolutely. the Lord never speaks out of both sides of his mouth.
0: Exactly. It
1: is always clear and concise and articulate, and he speaks one word, speaks to multiple planes and connection points and all at the same time.
0: Absolutely, and that that would be the manifold wisdom of God again. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you, um, if you don't mind, honey, would you read Matthew 19, um, verses 4 through 6, and Mark 10, 5 through 12? So also a comparison to what I'm saying is when Jesus spoke parables about a vineyard or about... um, A farm, if you will, the sower sows the word and some fell on on good ground, some fell on rocky ground, some fell on the wayside. The core of that is not him talking about a farm. He's just using a natural example to magnify a truth that is in the spiritual realm. Does it still apply to the natural? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. But the core that or the basis or the basic principle that he was trying to convey was talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So the whole time he was talking, he was teaching the people about the kingdom of heaven and using natural references so that they would understand and have something to articulate or to compare it to so that they could visualize what he was actually talking about.
1: Amen. So Matthew nineteen four through 6 says this, And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate.
0: Amen. And then um, Mark 10, verses 5 through
1: 12. <laughs>
0: And I'll, I'll read that. Oh, I got it. it oh, you says, do? Okay. Yep,
1: Mark 10, uh, 5 through 12. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, uh, it's talking about Moses. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll read verse 4. They, they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. In the house the disciples began questioning him about this again. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man... She is committing adultery.
0: Okay. So now I know in religious circles, we've, we've been taught that this just means you marry somebody and you're married forever because this marriage represents God. But that's not, that's not true. That's not the mm-hmm. case. And let's look at what the scripture actually says. Um, go back to verse 6, oh, actually, um, verse 5. Because of the hardness of your heart, he mm-hmm. wrote this precept from the beginning but from the beginning of creation of the creation God made them male and female God selected the husband and the wife God created the Amen. husband and he made a wife for that husband he chose the spouses and then after he chose the spouses he brought them together in his time not them choosing their own spouses and and stamping it and calling it good, the same as what God and did. Saying, "Lord bless it." Exactly, which is what we have exchanged for what the Word of God actually says. We've picked spouses for ourselves and said, "Here, God bless it." You know, like a piece of candy that fell in the dirt. Kiss it up to God and kiss and blow and you know say, "God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. Put it in your mouth and let it work." And we've tried to apply that to the scriptures, but it does not work. Christ is talking about when it applies in the natural sense to the marriage that God ordained, that this represents what Christ did and mm-hmm. what He does for the church, what okay. His His role is and His call and mission to the church. Go what, ahead, honey. What
1: He has created and is putting together.
0: Exactly. Then he said, now they're one flesh. When I create them for each other, when I bring them together, Mm -hmm. when I put them together, now they're one flesh. And the the key word here is verse nine is therefore what God, not you, not me. Exactly. What God has joined together, let no man separate. And we've tried to corral people with that. And that's not the right application of the word of God here. Go ahead, sweetie.
1: Well, there's, there's a few different examples. Obviously, in genesis talking about woman and Mm -hmm. adam and then you see the same thing with isaac well you see it you see it throughout with abraham but you see it with isaac as well Mm -hmm. right this is where you're going to go this is what's going to happen and this is who your spouse is the the woman that does this that's the spouse that the lord selected for you right and then let's also not forget jesus himself what did he say multiple times in his earthly ministry, especially when questioned by the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes when about his disciples and fasting and all this other stuff? And he said, do they have need to fast while, while the bridegroom is with them? Mm-hmm. So he's already saying or cueing us mm-hmm. into exactly who he is and what he was doing.
0: Amen. So even in the scripture and talking to the Pharisees, he's still talking about himself. Amen. Like in the prophetic sense, he's still going, I'm he. Here this I am. This is who I am. <laughs> right. And
1: this is who you are. And... If you are you choose to have God be your God and come into alignment with him, and more or less just focus on the alignment with the Lord.
0: Amen. And then if you follow these stipulations, then you're... The marriage, this is how it looks to represent God. Exactly. Very, very clear and specific. So then when he comes down to verse 11 and 12, and he says, now, whoever divorces the wife that God gave him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: now he's committing adultery. If she divorces the husband God gave her, she's committing adultery, but not one that she picked up for herself. And that was part of the hardness of heart. They would not hear from God or wait for him or allow him to bring the wife of his choice like Abraham did for Isaac.
1: Well, let's also look at that on the other side, because if we are his bride, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. both male and female, the, Amen. the Amen. church, Amen. the body of Christ, we are the bride of Christ. So why would we try to separate ourselves from the bridegroom, right? And and talking about the, the hardness, of well, that is hardness of heart, right? right? But Jesus said, what, I wouldn't have even come to you unless the Father sent me. So again, it's, That divine alignment, what the Lord put together, let no one separate. That includes us trying to separate ourselves from the Lord.
0: Exactly. And then um, when you look at Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. Abraham had a wife from God, and he had a wife that he chose on his own. God told him to put away the wife he chose on his own, and that he was going to minister through the wife that God had for him.
1: Exactly. Um, And that's where... The child of the blessing that's the marriage that that came out of amen not all the other ones
0: amen and in abraham's mind and you go back and read out his story in abraham's mind god thought hagar and ishmael were the same thing or equal to what god had ordained and god said no they're not the same was what wife. abraham
1: said yes or <laughs> abraham's wife
0: Right, but Abraham even asked when God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great, and mm-hmm. he, he gave him the blessing and the promise, he said, oh, that Ishmael would live before your eyes.
1: Right. Oh, that Ish- he you said
0: no. do, it, do it with Ishmael. And God said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's because not what
1: I put together.
0: I'm talking about your wife. And God made a very clear distinction in calling Sarah wife mm-hmm. and calling Hagar he a bondwoman or your mm-hmm. servant. And he said, put her away. I'm going to work through your wife. Um, And then not to mention the various ways that humans have corrupted marriage. So God isn't looking at a man marrying a man and saying, this represents my relationship with the church. This glorifies me. He's not looking at a woman marrying a woman and saying, oh, yes, this honors my name and this glorifies me. Neither is he looking at people marrying inanimate objects. Oh, yes, they are doing that in this world, marrying roller coasters and
1: Vehicles, things of that nature, NFTs, and every whatever exactly.
0: And men honor that, but God does not that does not represent his relationship with the church. And also, something else to understand when we come into eternity, we're not going to marry or be given in marriage, which is again why what Adam said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, does not hold through to the end of the word of god because and what christ did however does hold through Mm. throughout the word of god right just if i were looking at that in the natural and saying oh this is about natural marriage actually the lord told the pharisees they didn't understand the power of god they didn't understand the things of god when they were concerned about whose wife this one woman was going to be because she married all of the brothers he said we're neither we neither marry nor are given in marriage but we are going to be like the angels. So again, those are just some things that confirm to us that what Ab- um, with Adam, the first Adam, was talking about, he was prophesying about the last Adam. And then even what we've held in Ephesians as being the um, God's perspective on marriage, even that has to be firmly brought into planted. alignment. Exactly
1: back in the divine alignment.
0: Exactly, and when we have that divine alignment in our life. It produces strength. Now we're able to stand, and when the wind blows, when the when the adversary tries to send deception, a wind of deception or persecution your way, you know why you're standing and what you're standing on. Yes, God has ordained marriage, and He's ordained the marriage that He created. Amen. I'm not saying He won't be gracious and have mercy and and bless. You know if you didn't listen to God and who you married, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the marriage being, that honors unaware him. unaware or mm-hmm.
1: misunderstanding.
0: Sure, sure, sure. And the, the scripture does say that marriage is honorable among all, but he did not intend for us to, um, just marry someone because we are lustful in our flesh when he gave us self-control. So I want to look at that, that scripture really quickly because I, I'm, I'm sure some of you are fighting in your mind, Um, let's see, the marriage bed is undefiled. Can you find that scripture for me, honey? Sure. And, you know, as we're, we're talking about the word marriage is honorable and, um, and you know, some of you may have heard it's better to marry than to burn with passion. But then if you go over and look at the fruit of the spirit, what is it? What did God give us? self-control so he would rather that you reign in your flesh and wait for him and don't be hard-hearted or in fear or afraid that he's not going to bring a spouse to you that you have to try to um take something now so that you can indulge physical pleasure or because you're afraid that it's going to be take too long or you're going to get too old or any of those kind of things and just have a, a soft heart towards God and listen and wait and let him bring the spouse that he has for you. So even in that, what we've been taught by tradition still does not hold up. Uh, go ahead, sweetie. So
1: the scripture of the marriage bed being undefiled is in Hebrews 13, chapter, or sorry, chapter 13, verse 4. It says, marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge.
0: Amen. And so even when we talk about what is the marriage that the Lord ordained, it's the one that he brought the spouses together. I now, hear this. I'm not telling you to get a divorce. I did not, <laughs> not say that in second. any way, shape, or form. You just be still and wait on the Lord. And let God minister to you what the truth is. I'm Th- not that's con- what all this is about, mm-hmm.
1: right? Listening to the voice of the Lord and being obedient to what he tells you, which demonstrates your love for him, your reciprocation of love for him, your faith in him and toward him or trust in him, and your hope. All that comes out demonstrated, is demonstrated by our obedience to him. Mm-hmm.
0: And just this one scripture right here, 1 Corinthians 7, 9, is one that we often quote to give ourselves a free pass to disobey God with who we who we are going to marry. Um, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion, Well, the fruit of the Spirit, when we cultivate it, produces self-control. Amen. That's what God gave us. <laughs> so that's what he wants us to perfect
1: ourselves and, in. And wouldn't we have to do that in the marriage anyway, to establish self-control or... Right, because let's, let's look at, again, natural, natural people, natural relationships, that tends to become an issue in, in many marriages or has throughout history.
0: Amen. Amen. So, there are prophetic declarations about the ministry of Jesus Christ and what he would do all throughout the word of God to confirm that he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And we're going to pick up on discussing more about the lamb's bride on the next episode. So I just wanted to thank you for joining us today. And I, I just believe God, and I hope that you were set free and delivered and not hope as in wishing, but my faith is released towards that um, Mm. petition before god that you are being strengthened built up and encouraged and that the foundation of the word of god is being firmly established under your feet so that you are able to wield those weapons of our warfare in due season thank you so much for being here today and i just wanted to let you know we're praying for you and encourage you to remember to live your life in the messiah's love god bless you want to know more about a day of prayer Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the mini bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says Subscribe.